If you're familiar with church teaching or church tradition or really even the scriptures in general, we tend to look at the passage from John's gospel at the wedding feast at Canaan. We say that is the first occasion where Jesus performed a miracle. That is the first miracle of Jesus. And that is very true. I'm not questioning that. That's the first time that publicly Jesus himself manifests himself as the Messiah, as God starts to reveal the glory of God, begins his ministry. The disciples start to believe in him at that moment, John says. But I can't help but think there's something also very miraculous about this particular occasion in Matthew's gospel where he calls the first four apostles, the first four disciples, Peter and Andrew, the two brothers and the other brothers, the uh, sons of thunder as they're referred to in scripture, James and John. What's so miraculous about some fishermen? They're not just doing this recreationally. Yes, it's their livelihood. This is what puts food on the table. This is what they get up for every morning. This is what keeps things going for their lives. So what is so miraculous about some fishermen doing fishermen things in fishermen places? The fact that this stranger walks up and he says, you follow me and I'll make you fishers, but fishers of men. Come after me. And St. Matthew says, at once... They left their nets and they followed him. Immediately, they left their boat and their father and they followed him. Think about how strange that is. If some stranger comes up to you on campus and says, hey, you, follow me and I'm going to do great things in your life, your response is probably going to be, no, thank you, that's called stranger danger. I don't know you. I'm not going to follow you. I'm going to call the cops instead. It is a miracle that these four men immediately left everything to follow Jesus. It wasn't because Jesus was a magician. He's not some sorcerer. He didn't cast some spell on them and entrance them and just made them like zombies to follow after him. They made this decision because of a thing we call grace. Grace. The free gift of God in his very life that he offers to us to know him, to recognize him, to choose him, and then to follow him. See, what the scriptures tell us through Matthew's words today is that the word of Jesus Christ goes forth, but it also brings with it grace and power. Throughout the scriptures, Jesus is healing and he's preaching, and people look at him and he says, what type of authority is this? The disciples themselves, when he calms the sea, who is this that even nature Even the storm obeys. He's teaching in the synagogues and people say, he's talking like one of authority. Who is this? When the word of God speaks, and that's not just a play on words, Jesus is the word of God as St. John opens his gospel with, but he speaks the word of God as well because he is God. He can only speak the truth because he is truth itself. When the word of God is spoken, it comes with power, and yes, authority, but grace and freedom. So when Jesus looks at Peter, or Simon at this point, and Andrew, his brother, says, come after me, I'll make you fishers of men, they're really encapsulated. They are convicted, not just convinced by the word of God, that what he says will come true. Had Jesus just kind of shyly walked over there and not made eye contact contact and said, I need some friends, y'all want to follow me? Chances are it wouldn't have happened. But with God's word comes power and authority, but comes the grace as well to hear it and to know that it is the truth. Today, 
Being this third Sunday in ordinary time, several years ago, Pope Francis deemed that this day all throughout the church universal would be Word of God Sunday, which is fitting because we hear this Word of God saying more words of God to the people of God who follow the Word of God to go and proclaim the Word of God. Everything that we do as Catholics is rooted in the Word of God, not in a sola scriptura or scripture alone type of way. But everything that we do believe and profess is found rooted in the word of God himself. And it comes with power and authority, but it comes with the grace to recognize it and to follow it as well. This word of God Sunday reminds us that, yes, scripture, the word of God written for us, should hold a place of primacy in our prayer, in our hearts, but that we should be people of scripture as well. Praise God, it was very providential, but I, yet, uh, I met a young man right after the six o'clock mass who's non-Catholic, and he came up and he said, can I see what's in that big book? I said, which one? We have lots of big books in the church. He said, the one on the altar, the other one that the server was holding, and so I showed him, this is the book of the Gospels. It's divided all throughout the church year. It's all the Gospel. The other book, the Missal, here is when we pray certain Psalms during the Mass. This is where this prayer comes from, and it's a lot of Scripture and other tradition of the church. He was fascinated. He was captivated by it. Likewise, I have a non-Catholic friend of mine who not, uh, not too long ago came down to visit from New York. We grew up together. And I went to pick him up, and because I'm not married, my celibacy, which is the passenger seat in my car because I don't have a spouse to fill it, has all of my junk at any given day of the year. I know it's hilarious. <laughs> and so I get up to his house, and I'm throwing all of the stuff in the back seat to make room for him so we can go out to lunch. And the last thing I throw in the back seat is this very vague, nondescript black case that has a book in it with all these ribbons falling out of it. And he says, what is that? It's not just a Bible because there's too many ribbons. And I said, that's called a breviary. It's the liturgy of the hours. Priests pray this five times a day for the church universal. He said, can I look through it? So I'll unzip it. He's thumbing through it. And then he, he's all excited. And then he just gets disappointed. And he looks at me, at me and he says, it's just a bunch of scripture. I said, yeah, there's psalms that we pray all throughout the day. There's different uh, Old Testament readings. There's canticles from the New Testament. There's the gospel in there. There's writings from the saints. So what did you think it was? Some magic book that a priest uses? He said, well, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be scripture. You're Catholic. Y'all don't read the Bible much. I'm like, well, surprise. Yes, we do. The word of God holds primacy in our lives because the word of God is truth. The word of God is freedom. The Word of God comes with grace for us to be able to, to hear it and to internalize it and as a, the fathers of the church say to chew on the very words of Scripture so as to digest it so that it becomes part of who we are. The Word of God was spoken by Jesus 2,000 years ago and all throughout the, the prophets in the Old Testament but it wasn't just to record history. Scripture is a living document, and he still speaks to us today through the Scriptures. Through the Scriptures, in the Scriptures, and for salvation. I'll issue you a challenge today, and that's at some point this week, just one time this week, if you could do it every day, praise God. But take 10 minutes, 15 minutes of your time, and do what the apostles did. Go to Jesus and listen to him speak to you through scripture. 
Look at how scripture played out in the gospel when the three years of Jesus' public ministry has taken place. They're traveling all over the Holy Land. What we don't get recorded in scripture is all the other stuff that took place. John ends his gospel by saying, there are many, many other works of Jesus that I could write, but all the books in the world couldn't contain it. Among those stories is all the in-between days when Jesus is traveling from Nazareth to Capernaum, for instance, where we read in the gospel, or from this town to that town, to this palace, to that synagogue, all these in-between travel plans It's hard for me to think that Jesus and the apostles were walking in silence. Surely he was teaching and preaching and healing and doing all of these wonderful things that made the apostles come to life. We just don't see it in scripture. Let Jesus do the same thing for you. Go to him. We have our Lord in this tabernacle in the church. We have him in the tabernacle in the adoration chapel. Any church or chapel that you go to that has that word Catholic on it will have the body of our Lord who waits for you, who beckons you, who calls you to just sit with him and visit him. Crack open the Bible and let the scriptures speak to you. I promise it is for a reason. Father, I don't know where to start. Go to the Psalms. Go to the Psalms in the Old Testament. There's 150 of them. And there's one for every occasion, every time, every season, and everything that you could even hope to experience. That's why the Jews of the day, Jesus included, prayed the Psalms and knew them like the back of their hand. They're Psalms of great gladness and joy, glorifying God. They're Psalms where we cry out from the depths of our hearts, how could you betray me, Lord? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus didn't make that up, it's in the Psalms. There's prayers when we feel abandoned. There's prayers when we feel like we're being forgotten. There's prayers when we feel that God has just provided each and everything we've ever longed for, and so we thank him, and then there's everything in between. Spend time with our Lord and let the word of God speak to you as it did to the hearts of the people 2,000 years ago. There is great power, and there's great authority, but it's only that grace of God that enlivens our hearts and allows us to recognize him in the scriptures. It's our tradition. It's our heritage as Christians, as Catholics. Don't be afraid of that. Because the Lord will call, but don't be afraid. Because the Lord is not going to ask you to do something that he himself didn't do first. Think of the gospel today. He left Nazareth and went to Capernaum by the sea. Matthew doesn't write this just to tell us Jesus' travel plans. He left Nazareth, his hometown, period. He moved. He uprooted his livelihood, his family, his friends. He said goodbye to them and went to live in Capernaum. Yes, so that the scriptures could be fulfilled. But sometimes he beckons us to do the same thing. Leave the old stuff behind and follow me because it'll bring life. Uproot. Leave. Sacrifice. Offer. Whatever it may be, He's going to ask for some type of change, but it is never to scare us. Fear does not come from God. It never has and it never will. It comes from the enemy who hates you, who wants to destroy your peace, who destroys everything that Lord forms in our hearts. Don't be afraid to run to the one who will not drop you and will hold you in that truth. That truth of Scripture, yes, but that truth of who he is is the word of God coming forth from God the Father sending the Holy Spirit, 
to bless, to sanctify, to heal, to encapsulate you in a totally freeing way. If you seek healing or peace or joy or freedom or fulfillment or any of the other things that are good in life, it can be found in the word of God named Jesus Christ. Take me up on that challenge, and I want to hear about it. Share your grace with me. What did you receive from the, from the scriptures? What did you receive in prayer? Even if it was radio silence, even if it was something terrifying, share that with your brothers and sisters. We exist as the church, not just on Sunday evenings at Mass, but every moment of every life that we encounter. The Lord established His church for a reason. With that power with that authority, with that freedom, but with that grace, and there is immense life waiting for you. Turn to our Lord, yes, in the sacrament, absolutely, living and breathing in the flesh, but turn to him in the scriptures too because they too are alive. And it's that word that frees us. It's that word that changes and transforms and shapes our heart to be like his. That divine life, that divine freedom and grace, that divine truth, isn't just for the priest to read and talk about at Mass. No, it's for you to read as well. For you to hear, to be convicted, not just convinced, but to know, to proclaim, and to build. Know the Word of God. Be not afraid. And as Jesus says, come after me. Listen to me. Hear me. And the truth, which is the word of God, will in fact set you free. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.